Welcome to the Dream for Others podcast. I'm Naomi Arnold, an award-winning business and life passion coach, writer, speaker, and human rights activist. This show features inspiring conversations with those who use their platform, passions, and uniqueness to make a difference in the world. If you are big-hearted, open-minded, a lifelong learner, and are on a mission to help create a better world, this is the podcast for you. Now let's get started and dream for others. Today I am excited to introduce you to my friend, Dream for Others ambassador, and someone who I admire, Sharon Holmes. Sharon's work dives deep into social justice and personal sovereignty. She disrupts spiritual and entrepreneurial spaces with her hashtag Dear Self Styled Guru letters, calling out for better representation of diversity. She compiled the reading and resources for activist list, an essential resource of social justice writings, tools, education and programs. She teaches women and girls gutsy leadership, the magic of creativity, to trust their intuition, speak their truth, and to be the leaders of their own lives. Sharon has a wealth of knowledge and learning gained from trauma, transition, and personal transformation. She is a gutsy leader, artist, speaker, teacher, sacred activist, and writer. I can't wait to share her brilliance and knowledge with you through this conversation today. So let's dive right in. Hi, Sharon. Thank you for joining me on the Dream for Others podcast. Hi, Naomi. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to get stuck into this conversation with you. Me too. I've been following your work and I'm one of your patrons and Mm. I'm a big admirer of yours. I feel very lucky to have a chance to ask you lots of juicy questions. Oh, yes. Thank you. And I I really appreciate your support. It's um, wonderful to have you as a patron. And vice versa. (laughs) I love it. So to start with, for those who don't know what you do as well as what I do, Would you mind sharing with us maybe a little bit about your personal story and how you came to be doing what you do now? Okay, sure. So I started Gutsy Girl back in 2012 and the idea for that just really came through from actually doing a lot of creative stuff. So I was doing a lot of art journaling and creativity and through that process of, I guess, working on myself, doing personal development, I came to the question of why not me? Like why why can't I be the artist or be the creative or be the writer. And from that, the idea of Gutsy Girl came about and Gutsy Girl began initially as um, a handmade jewellery and mixed media art hobby. I sold my art and my um, handmade jewellery at handmade markets and that type of thing. I did that for a few years and after a little while I started adding to that. I I ended up by about uh, late 2014 I decided that I wanted to create a workshop and creation of the workshop really came from a question that my husband asked me. There was a workshop I really wanted to attend following month and things didn't align because he already had um, a training course that was on that weekend. So I didn't end up going to this workshop. And so he said to me, why don't you create your own workshop? And I was like, wow, (laughs) really me create, create a workshop being so quiet and 
And I used to think I didn't really enjoy public speaking and I'm not sure if I still, if I even enjoy it now, but I think it's more about the passion that I have for sharing. So within the space of a week, I had created my, my workshop. Like I, I'd worked through this obviously through my own process, you know, what came through for me when I was making my art and when I was doing my personal development work. And then I just put together something that I wanted to, wanted to teach and I discussed it with my coach and she said, what do you want to do? Because we had this list of things that I wanted to do. And she said, I want you to just list all the things that, that you want to do. And then I want you to write down when you think you will do them. And then I want you to see how, which one aligns most with your core, like your core desired feelings right now. So I did that. And we went through the list and it came to the question of, you know, your workshop, when do you think you'll do that? And I said three years. In three years, I'll, in three years time, I will be ready to run my first workshop. And she said, in terms of your core desired feelings, which one of the things on your list matches that, those, goal, those feelings exactly? And I'm like, the workshop? And she's like, you have to work on the workshop. I'm like, but I said that I would do that in three years. <laughs> <laughs> within, within a week, I had booked a venue. I had scheduled my first like free circle type event. And within four months from, from that conversation with my coach, I ran my first workshop. So instead of waiting three years, I did it within four months time of going, hey, I'm doing this thing. And it's been life-changing, a life-changing experience for many reasons. The first realizing that I love to teach and I love to share and I love to hold space for people and that I have a gift for storytelling because I have a lot of stories to tell. So, so I went from there and um, I created uh, women's circles because I really felt uh, at the time there wasn't many of those events around here in Brisbane. So I started to create my own women's circles over time and by the time I pause, hit pause, I run over 30 events by myself. After that, so that was back in 2015, I came to 2016 and I decided to put my, what I'd learned and how I was creating circles into a program to teach other women how to lead circle as well and provided them with like a blueprint for how to run it, what to include and then how to create their own content, like how to write their own meditations and put their own unique flavour on, on their own creation because to me you can learn from someone but makes a difference when you put more of yourself into it because then it makes it yours and it makes it unique. So that was a core priority for me when I created that program. During that year, I did a youth mentor training program with Amanda Rootsy and I began teaching as a guest teacher in her teen personal development course for girls, which was really, really exciting to do. I also created Gutsy Mantra Cards, which are affirmation cards that have 16 different affirmation statements to work through and they've become really popular, particularly in use with teen girls in their circles and stuff like that. So that's been a really, I guess, a really proud moment in, in creating something with my words and working with a designer to come up with a concept and then have like my first print product. And would you like me to tell you a little bit about like what the mantras mean? Because I know that there's a lot of people use mantras and affirmations and stuff, but how they were created and what the purpose of them is maybe a bit different. Yeah, sure. Okay. So when I wrote, I had like a, a list of, of 
affirmations that I wrote down and it was really hard to pick which ones should be in the set because I wrote way more than 16. So what I did was I sent the list of affirmations to two really close friends and I said, can you read these and just tell me your first impressions, tell me what you think. I didn't ask them any specific questions about what do you think of this one or what do you think of that one. I just wanted it to all kind of come from themselves, like, you know, how did it feel? And one friend said that some of these are really, really hard to say. These are really hard to believe right now in myself, but they're fabulous and I really love them and I would really love to work on them. So that particular one was I'm beautiful in my mind, body and soul and I accept myself completely. So just by knowing that I realised it had it had to be in there because it was something that we could, we, you know, a lot of women and a lot of girls would want to need to work towards because of the society that we live in. So there was, yeah, there was that one and there's a few others that are also a little bit challenging to really feel sometimes. So for me it's not about say it over and over again until you believe it. It's about how can I feel that way? It's not just reading a statement. It's, a, it's actually about having an action that follows that as well. And my other friend, she said when she read them, she burst into tears. She felt the power of them. And so for me, that's what I created. I created these empowering inspiration cards and I love them, (laughs) still love them. And still so powerful by the sounds of it. Yeah. 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 Because I still look at them sometimes and some days I'm like, can't feel this today, but there'll be another one. I'll go, I can, I can work with that today. And maybe tomorrow I'll go back to the one that feels challenging. I love that. And it's been over three years now since you met with that coach and you've done many workshops, created these cards and so much more in that time when you were going to create a workshop. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like that once you press go, there's no stop. You can pause, but don't stop. You've got to keep going. Mm. And I could also see while you were talking there, on a lot of your branding, you have art activism leadership Mm -hmm. and I can see how those elements are already weaving through the stories that you're sharing and how you came to be doing what you're doing yeah Yeah. so where did the activism part come in you've touched on a lot there art and leadership and I think indirectly activism yeah but how did that infuse in well, the three words combined, as I've explained, I've always been creative and, and I started doing art for myself personally, but then creating that externally, I suppose, for others. And I guess one aspect of my personal branding more recently has been to combine those areas of focus together. So I use my own art in combination with my words. So for my social media graphics, I will use art that I've created and I'll put my words on that and quite often some of those words are about about leadership, about leading, and they're aimed at, at teaching and expanding people's ways of thinking and, and learning how to do better as well. And one of the series that I use my art a lot in is my hashtag Dear Self Styled Guru posts. So for me, art activism and leadership is about modelling conscious leadership which embraces everything that I've learned about spirituality and social justice to deliver positive, empowering messages that challenge the way people think and make them do better and to learn. Mm. 
Mm. And it's all things that you're living and doing yourself. Yes, yeah. Mm. So for me, leading by example is very important. I'm a mum, so as I have um, a young daughter who looks to me for how I choose to lead and how I choose to live and it's really important no matter your challenges and obstacles to lead with heart and to lead with courage. Mm-hmm. Totally agree, <laughs> which isn't always easy. <laughs> no, it's not easy. Mm. No, it's not easy. It's Some days are really challenging mm. but when you have people that look up to you in your life, particularly young people, you have a responsibility to them but you also have a responsibility to yourself. Yes. And you touched on in there spirituality, which I'd love to kind of zoom in on a little bit. Okay. I know that you you do work around spirituality and also around some priestess work and I would just love to talk about that a little bit if that's okay what that means to you for those who aren't familiar with what a priestess is to begin with um, what what that might be and what that means to you and I guess how that connects with what it is that you do okay so a priestess is someone who basically holds space provides a healing space in ancient times the priestesses were the keepers of all that was precious and all that was valuable they supported the community with healing with connection to mother earth so for me I came to priestessing pretty much via art actually where I was learning from people that had Native American lineage and just through learning about art and some of their practices I found my own way to be a priestess I suppose I don't so much relate to the the actual word so much anymore because for me being a priestess is is all-encompassing so it might not be something that people understand all that easily so for me it's just about being a facilitator being a guide being a mentor and holding space yes yeah so the, the foundation that spiritual practices and holding space have provided me with means that I can work from a place that feels good and true for me Mm. yeah that really makes sense and really resonates with me I guess I've personally never felt pulled toward the word priestess either but hearing you talk about it now and the way that you have explained it I completely get that well you do this work you hold space for people when you do your podcast interviews and you hold space for your clients. So in essence, there is a priestess in all of us, whether we choose to use that word or not. We're in a helping role. We're in a facilitating role. We're in a role where we want to empower and develop and grow and help people. Yeah. And as you said, that focus on healing and community. Mm. Uh, hmm. And then hearing you say that now, I can see, kind of the dots falling to place in my mind already Hmm. around perhaps your answer to my next question but I'd still love to hear your answer anyway all right (laughs) Um, and that is how does this relate 
to your social justice work? Like how do you see your spiritual practice and this priestess sense or being integrate with what it is that you do in the social justice and activism world? Well, for me personally, you can't do spirituality well or completely or authentically without seeing through the lens of social justice because there's a lot in the spiritual community about oneness and about love and light and about staying positive and keeping the vibe high. But it's not just all about love and light and keeping the vibe high because unfortunately we live in the world that we live in and there's sad stuff that happens, there's trauma that happens, there's darkness, there's shadow, and that's just as equal in importance and meaning as the love and light stuff. So what happens sometimes is that people use love and light as a way of bypassing, oh, this too shall pass, just put some love and light on it, it'll be okay, why aren't you being positive? Like, why aren't you being positive? So if you don't look at spirituality through a social justice lens, you are going to cause harm. You are going to probably say things you shouldn't be saying, such as racial microaggressions. You are going to be devaluing and probably taking from people who you shouldn't be taking from or shouldn't be borrowing from. So there's really a lot, a lot there that's, It's all tied together. When we live in in Western countries, we see how ancient spiritual practices and and practices from different cultures somehow meld into like our society. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you will look around and you will not see any teachers from that particular cultural or ethnic lineage. And you really have to ask yourself whether the people who are teaching this Are they actually supporting people from the the ancestry or the teaching that they are drawing from, that they are commercialising and profiting from? And quite often they're not. They're not going back. They're not going back to, say, the motherland of the teachings that they are offering out there. They're not going back. They're not making reparations. They're not supporting. They're not doing you know, they're not building that relationship. They're not holding space for the wisdom and that they've learned from. And that's really sad. And it's it's come up quite a few times, particularly more recently, say in the last six months, where it's been noticed and things have been said and done on social media where people have not been respected for what they bring into the spiritual community. People are getting fed up with having their culture stolen from. And unfortunately, because of the love and light vibe stuff, people get very defensive when they are called in or called out and are not really willing to listen and learn. So the more we know and the more we start looking into these uncomfortable spaces the more we need to actually work on ourselves so that we can foster that oneness that people have used like a great big marketing ploy Mm. (laughs) because if you are not one if you are erasing or stealing from another culture 
No. No, and it's arguably, who am I to say what spirituality is? But in my mind, it's arguably not truly being spiritual anyway. It's a superficial surface level feel good love and light as you say level it's not a deep uncomfortable self-reflection growth connection type of work or examination yes that's right you are someone who I'm sure to great draining expense to yourself sometimes (laughs) yes (laughs) and I think is an excellent role model for what you call gutsy leadership I'd love to hear from you what being a gutsy leader means to you and what the underpinning factors might be there well gutsy leadership actually came out of creating my sacred circle program so originally the pillars of that program was called Pillars of Feminine Leadership. And last year when I was really diving deep into social justice work, I came to realise that I didn't really resonate with just the use of the word feminine when it came to leadership. So I hired a gender consultant, Cameron Aaron, and we did a session and I just wanted to kind of work out what my areas of focus were, how I could really put my personal values into my work. And from that place, gutsy leadership made sense. And I ended up updating my pillars of gutsy leadership to include my values and an expansion upon um, the explanation of what those pillars are because I wanted to make sure that if I was going to go forward with this concept of gutsy leadership, I would have had a really strong set of, I guess, guideposts um, that could be looked at and read and understood. So I can share those um, with you if you like. Yeah, that would be good. There's, there's a few. <laughs> so I'll just give a little summary of, of each of them. So, And these are in no particular order. These are just how I wrote them and just what came out basically so embrace your whole self so this is about digging deep into the wealth of the knowledge that lies within you and being focused on your own personal liberation and knowing that your personal liberation can liberate other people it's also about acknowledging the difficult times you have and the progress that you make through those difficult times because the shadow has a lot to teach you so to be open to that so that you can receive the wisdom beyond what you can just see on the surface. The next one is your stories and experiences matter. So with this particular pillar, it's about being a leader of your own life, a leader in the community, a leader in business, and having the courage to step up as a leader by respecting yourself, honouring your story and your gifts, and standing in your power. It's also about sharing your story and recognising that is an act of vulnerability when you're sharing your story and it has the flow and effect of being able to encourage others to share theirs as well. The next one is inclusivity. As I mentioned before, um, spirituality and social justice 
they go together. You can't you can't really do one without the other. You can't do spirituality without social justice. Likewise with leadership. If you are not acknowledging certain matters within social justice, you can't really be that great a leader, in my opinion. And that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. So a gutsy lead yeah, so a gutsy leader is someone who does the work to unpack, unlearn, um, and unravel oppressive patterns, beliefs, and behaviors. And opting out is not an option. So be prepared to get very uncomfortable, be prepared to learn, be prepared to be called out because it's a positive step to learning more about social justice and um, the role of white supremacy and patriarchy and what oppression means and how it affects people in the world. It's about not applying one single methodology to everyone because we all had a different starting point in life and we all have a different road to travel down when it comes to how quickly we can excel or how quickly we can be successful in what we're doing because we don't all have the same resources and support basically. That sometimes that's a lot harder for other people to get because of privilege. The next one is to give yourself permission to own your leadership. So, you know, acknowledge that you have a lot to offer and you have what it takes to be a leader and that you can look at traditional leadership but that isn't who you are and that's not how you have to be and that's changing. When you own your leadership and you give yourself permission to grow gutsy, you can be more activated and open to leading other people as well and the next one (laughs) is to be sovereign so you're personally responsible and accountable for each and every one of your choices and decisions reactions beliefs actions and inaction when it comes to being sovereign you can't blame anyone for your mistakes you've got to own your stuff and you've got to accept that you can't just make excuses all the time You've just really got to be sovereign. You can't see me, but I'm nodding my head a lot here. Okay. okay. <laughs> Gutsy leadership is about impacting lives in a positive way. So you can't always get it right, but you need to keep trying to get it right. You need to keep educating yourself. You need to own your stuff and not put it on anyone else. There's two more. <laughs> The next one is your intuition is your compass. So use your intuition. Everyone has their own intuition. You know, It's your inner navigation system. The more you're finely tuned to trusting your instincts, your gut instinct, you can make more discerning and wiser choices and decisions. And if you lead yourself from this place, you can help others lead from that place too, that intuitive place within themselves. And the last one is, Oh, no, actually, there's two more, sorry. Yeah, don't skip any. <laughs> don't, <yeah. laughs> don't rip um, us off. <laughs> commitment is an act of self-compassion. So it's about committing yourself fully to every lesson, every experience, every teaching moment, every teachable moment and following through. So having an ongoing commitment to yourself and to your life purpose or if you don't know what your life purpose is right now, following the trail, following the breadcrumbs 
to what your life purpose might be. It, it really is a pure act of self-compassion and kindness. So you need to ask yourself whether you are committed now and identify what you need to do to make it a self-compassion, a daily practice. And the last one is real connections and building community. So it's about acknowledging that we all have something to teach and we have a lot to teach each other and to reach out to others, you know, reach out to other people and create connection, create relationships, create friendships. I think because we live in this social media age, we've lost the art of conversation and having good interpersonal skills, but we can still do that. We just have to adjust to the fact that we do that online. So it's about not being afraid to connect with other people. Sometimes it's really scary to think about, oh, I really like what this person's doing. Oh, I don't know if I should send them a message. I'm a little bit frightened. Don't be frightened. It's great to send messages to people. I'm quite introverted, but I also really love and appreciate people that share and that teach that do really cool things. And I think about how good it feels for me when I get a lovely email or a lovely message. And I just think, spread the love like it's a really great way to to open doors for yourself as well i i've had um some wonderful opportunities come up just because i was brave enough to send that email or that compliment you know and it's not about being fake you have to be real this is about real connection and real building a proper community not just you know doing rubbish stuff like it's got to be real you have to be real yeah, it's so important. And you mm. have no idea sometimes how much of a huge difference that can make. We don't know what's happening in people's lives behind the scenes. And this isn't just in the online world. It's mm. in real life and the office and with families and community members and volunteers we see out there and in our local area. Like when you hear that someone's noticed what you're doing and they appreciate it, it's, it can be such a boost Mm. And I've heard that yeah. from activists before, you know, or, or just people in general who, who they're like, you have no idea, but I'm just having it. I've had a crap week, you know, I've mm. copped all of this. I've been dealing with all of this and that little message <laughs> made it all worth it. Mm. It does, doesn't it? It makes all the difference. Uh, the timing of some messages that I've received, it's just can turn your whole outlook around, can turn your whole day around. Yeah, it's yeah. Everyone has the power to do that. Everyone has the power to make a difference to someone. Yeah, and it often doesn't take very long to do. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Not at all. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so those pillars that you just read, which are so, I feel, are so aligned to this podcast and. The whole I philosophy. So. Yeah, the whole, <laughs> I think the whole philosophy underpinning it is very aligned to what you just said. And I can just see reflecting on how you show up and what you do, how you role model those things. And obviously because I am in this strange online world, <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of it on there on social media where you role model of a lot of the things that you've said there yeah I think it's really important you can't just have like a manifesto or some like pillars or a mission statement and then not live it mm. because people will see right through that straight away yeah straight and, away yeah, exactly. you can't hide 
Yeah, you've got to live it. And they're also aspirational, right? Like they're, yeah, absolutely. they're things that you aren't always doing perfectly, but are mm. endeavoring to do. Yeah. That's right. And it's, and it's great to have a reminder. So it's, I would suggest that anyone who maybe doesn't currently have a little list together of their ethos or their pillars or whatever you would like to call them, just to write them down. And then you have a reference point. Mm. Sometimes when you kind of get a little bit lost, you can go, that's right, this is who I am and this is what I'm working on and this is the direction that I'm taking. So you always have some way, some something that you have created that you believe in that you can turn to and go, that's right, mm. I'm, I'm back on track now. You've inspired me to go back and look at mine. They're not feeling mm. gutsy enough right now. <laughs> Aren't they? <laughs> I haven't looked. Well, I, in truth, I haven't looked at them for a while. So I'm feeling really energized to go and, and have a look at them and whether they feel current or need to evolve a little. Hmm. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Thank you. So how do you, you are very vocal about about these things on social media and I know that more than I would like <laughs> receive some not so pleasant responses mm. um, to what yeah. you post. How do you manage that? How do you take care of yourself and, and how do you still keep doing what you're doing when you're getting these, these jabs and, and horrible things said? I've really changed in this regard over the last probably six months or so. Um, I have really strong boundaries now and I get to test them out on a daily basis, so it seems. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, so I know how strong they are. So for me, um, I block and ban with glee and I also unfriend people. I have unfriended family members who have said harmful racist things. I have unfriended um, people who I thought were friends, who I thought knew better. But even after providing education and providing historical facts, they still decide to continue to use problematic words or do and say problematic things. Sometimes I receive email or messages via the contact page on my website in response to some posts that I've written on Instagram where I've been very vocal. But I don't, I sometimes just skim read these or I don't read them at all. And the reason for that is if they aren't willing to take on board and learn and instead play devil's advocate, they don't deserve my time after the fact. I'm not going to read what they have to say because I provide a lot of information and I also usually share resources and links, but I also talk to people who know what they're doing and who know, you know, deeply about this, this type of thing. And I'll give an example, actually, because I've written about it, I think, four or five times since December last year. I actually did a little bit of a hunt around today, actually, because um, something happened uh, the other day and I wanted to touch on it. Um, and... I, before I actually say this word, I just want to say that I don't like this word and when I type it, I don't actually spell it out. I put an asterisk in there because I have read and learned and asked and it's a slur. So the word I'm talking about is gypsy. And I've written about that quite a few times, as I said, 
and I did my research. I have a friend who is a genocide scholar. She co-wrote a paper that was about the Roma people who were persecuted and who were executed during the Holocaust in great numbers, over a million people, actually. So for me, I have no lineage. I don't have, as far as I'm aware, I do not have Roma in my lineage. But I'm a person, I'm a human being, and it just makes me so mad that when someone knows those facts about a culture, about an ethnic group, they insist on using the word anyway and using the excuse of, well, there's common usage now because everyone's using it from nail polish brands to clothing brands to lots of things. And to that I say, bullshit. Don't do that. Um, it makes me so mad that people insist on erasing or ignoring the fact that a group of people were killed. <laughs> we see this all the time. It's not just Roma. It's, it's other um, ethnic groups as well. So it just... It, yeah, uh, sometimes I'm not. I don't even know why I'm lost for words because I always have a lot of words about this. I'm just really angry about how people choose to be ignorant and choose to bypass. Yeah, and especially those who you have in you've informed, you've told them, <laughs> you've informed them, and they're still arguing back. Mm with things like you've just said that it's how it's used nowadays or, or whatnot. Mm. Mm. And a lot of the time there are words that capture what it is they're trying to say. There are lots of other words. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I provided a whole suggested list of words in one instance. This instance was last week. And in the end the person decided that they would use the word anyway and they privately notified their newsletter list, but publicly they didn't say anything. Mm. And instead they deleted that whole thread. They deleted the whole thread where I had made multiple comments and multiple suggestions, alternatives that, that could be used, and was given, yes, 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 that's, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do that, I'll, I'll change things, and then I find out that that wasn't the case. They apologised to me for harm they caused when I came to the fact that I decided to unfriend them and not have a conversation about it. And then they were all disappointed and confused and felt entitled, like they felt entitled that I should actually explain to them when I'd already provided explanations. Mm. So apparently I was the lone person who actually had something to say about it you were the gutsy leader <laughs> I guess so yeah you, um, were, you were the one yeah. that, that spoke up and said something and, yeah and what this experience taught me was that to look ever closer and be super discerning because this person was actually someone that I would have regarded as a friend someone who I respected and someone who I really liked and someone who I was actually going to work with and would have recommended to lots of other people so for me, I don't have to be personally 
offended or affected by a racial slur, Mm. I can still stand up and speak out and say, that is wrong, do better, change, learn. Mm -hmm. And if someone doesn't do better and doesn't change and doesn't learn, then I have a right to enforce my boundary. That's what being sovereign is about. It's going, okay, if that's how it's going to be, then I can't make excuses on your behalf. I can't go, but she's a nice person or but she has a good sense of humour, but we had coffee that time. I can't make excuses for people. Oh, but they bought something for me and they supported me. No, there is no excuse that would satisfy. I, I, could, I would feel super uncomfortable. I would not be in integrity if I continued. And this experience has just taught me I need to do some more culling. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for for messing about. I don't have time for this because I've created a resource that people can refer to and learn and do better. So there's no excuse. There's, oh, I didn't know. It's like, well, you did. You just chose to be ignorant. Even if you don't, you do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's right. Mm. And so once you've done that and you've You've gone through all of the labor and the energy and and you're a, you're an introvert empath NHSP, right? Highly sensitive person. That's right. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> what do you do at the end of that to recenter yourself and ground yourself and after you've done the block and felt into the anger and experienced it all. Mm. I talk about it Mm. and I write about it. Mm. But in terms of self-care, I guess for me self-care is about creating those boundaries and enforcing them and feeling good about enforcing those boundaries. I talk to women who are in my community who experience these types of things and we um, support each other. I basically have a give no fucks attitude and I also it's almost it's very it's like you know a little I guess personal motto that's probably added to the rest of my personal mottos that I have I have nothing to lose by sharing what I have to say because for me as as, I, as you know I'm a, was used to be a very, quite a quiet person and many of my personal traumas have being deeply rooted in silence such that I was silent for a long time about certain things. So for me, it's about being empowered every day to say that I won't be quiet and that speaking up is my way of circuit breaking that conditioning and that silence that I have had experienced. So for me, it's not just, you know, enforce boundary, take care of myself, speak up, There's more to it than that. It's more than just that. It's because I have had stuff happen to me that, you know, that I've experienced in my life that's been very challenging. So everything I do comes from a deep place of, well, I've experienced pain and trauma and I'll do what it takes to, yeah, like I said, circuit break, just break those, you know, break those kind of cords, I suppose, and just keep going. So the more that I speak up, the more aligned I feel with who I am and who I'm becoming and in my exploration of my my identity 
my identity as in everything that's about me, you know, my lineage, my family, my beliefs. It's all, you know, it's all deeply there. So that maybe that's a, a small point of difference when it comes to personal development work because there are other layers that I am dealing with at the same time as doing this work. Mm. Which make it so much richer, I think, and deeper and and I imagine you can feel confident that you've showed up in integrity no mm. matter the outcome, which as much as it sucks sometimes to lose people yeah. out of these things, I always feel, it always helps me anyway, feel a little bit better about it if I genuinely know that I, I showed up in, in integrity there. Mm-hmm. Yes. You also talk a bit about mental health and I've seen you share the Are You Okay days and I'm a subscriber on your email list and you share there when you've needed mental health days or have been feeling the challenges that life can bring sometimes. It sounds like this kind of underpins a lot of what you do as well and and that richness I was talking about and that deepness of your work and how you show up in integrity and how you do talk about the more challenging aspects of life that we often mm. often hide from others and how the trauma and challenges in your life impact and add richness to what you do in some aspects as well. I don't know what my question is here, but I think <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But I think I'm asking for those who are listening whether you have anything to say around that if they're not feeling okay and, and how they can still dream for themselves and for others while that is happening. Okay. Was that a question? Did it make sense? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It came that, together. Yeah, that made sense. Yeah. It came together. Well, short of staying in bed all day, which I have been prone to do when I've really needed to, and that's being honest, there have been days where I have just had to stay in bed all day mm. because it does take it out of you doing activist work and being complex with the layers of being an empath and being highly sensitive and being an introvert, sometimes there are, there's just no energy. You know, I just don't have the energy and it can be quite, I guess I get, get a bit of fatigue, I suppose, from, from doing this. But I'm, I'm learning, particularly this year, to just pay attention to my needs and not ignore what my body needs. And in terms of that, your body will always let you know when it's had too much and you just have to pay attention and listen to what it's saying to you because the body stores memory. It will remember when you have, say, that you become, you get stressed stressed out or you get upset or emotional over a particular issue that you have been speaking out on or debating, it will remember what your body has memory. So it will remind you about when to slow down and, and at that point you need to slow down. So I've learned through hard lessons of, not listening to my body so now (laughs) I do what I need to do when I'm not okay and 
rather than cutting myself off from joy and self-compassion, I take care of myself. So it's true that staying in bed and watching Netflix and making nourishing foods and painting and having baths does help. And those are the things that I do. Mm. And also an extra layer of that is monthly maintenance. So I see a massage therapist once a month and that's, yes, sure, that's a luxury for many people, but I notice the difference when I don't have one. So for me, it's it's a must-do. I, I don't drink coffee, so, you know, I just don't have a coffee budget. I have a massage budget <laughs> and that gives me what I need. And I actually had one on Monday and I felt fantastic because I needed, I had some shit that needed to be cleared <laughs> and I had some pain that needed to go away and it helped me a lot and it's a really beautiful thing to do for yourself and it doesn't have to be that it can be something else so find something that you like and do that do that thing for yourself and make time for it and I think that's also a very big challenge for most people making time Mm. but no one can make the time for you you have to make it yourself and everyone else can work around you and everyone else around you that loves you wants you to take care of yourself wants you to do good stuff for yourself Mm. so you got to give it to yourself. You got to give yourself permission. So that's that's what I would say. You know, like if you're not okay, only you can give it to you. Mm. Yeah, I completely resonate with that. And I've found I know we've talked about boundaries, but I've found I've had to set put boundaries on myself. Mm. Yeah, you do, you do, because you you're hard on yourself sometimes, yeah. and you don't do the things that 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 um, you need to do for yourself. And if you're going to show up in full for others you need to show up in full for you Mm. it's no like shortcut it has to be you show up in full for you and then you can show up in full for other people Mm. and if you're anything like me and you're just doing so many things and trying to do so many things and wanting to make a difference and all of those things very quickly there isn't space in your day where you can even notice that your body is sending you these Mm. signs yeah so that's something I've had to really work on is putting boundaries around how much time I I do work or I I do spend Mm. you know responding to things on social media or that I do spend in everything else (laughs) in reading all the articles and and everything else so that there is time for me to actually sit with myself and and actually notice what's happening in my body in time to do something about it. Mm. I've been caught out so many times in my life where I've had to spend weeks in bed because I'm sick or exhausted or anemic, um, mm. which I could have done something about earlier if I had paid attention. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think it's really hard because we live in a society where it's all about production, being productive, doing stuff, hustling, particularly with the online business world. Hustle, 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 hustle. Mm. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't really I don't believe I don't believe in that. I tried that. I did that for a long time and it didn't work out well. I was working trying to build my business just as many hours as I was working my corporate day job mm. and still being a mum and being a wife and well, I didn't keep a tidy house, okay, to be honest. I didn't keep a tidy house. I'm not Wonder Woman, okay. So, like, that did not happen. So the way that I work with production and and taking care of myself is I 
honor my cycle. So my energy depends on my menstrual cycle, basically. Yeah. And there's some wonderful people that talk about this more. Claire Baker is, is one person that whose work I really love and I follow her on Instagram. Mm. And for me, and I've been do, tracking this for myself for about four years or now, four or five years, I have just clear times during the month where I'm really produ- productive and I can smash through stuff that needs to be done, stuff that I usually don't like. And then I have a time where I'm super creative and I do a lot of writing and I do a lot of creating. And then I have, you know, a week or so of the month, you know, usually moon time where my brain is fuzzy. I just want to eat good food. I don't want to think. I don't want to create. I'm, I'm not going to create anything good if I try. If I try and force myself, then it's going to be crappy mm-hmm. and I'll be mad at myself and I just won't get the rest that I so need at that time. So for me, it's about honoring my own natural rhythms and working with that rather than working with a calendar or a blog schedule or some other system that for me, my personality type does not do systems and schedules. I've tried. (laughs) I've tried. It doesn't work for me. That's where we differ. You've got yeah. to do what works for you. Yeah, and, exactly. and sometimes that takes a bit of exploration. I mean, I tried for a few years to do the schedule thing, but it just made me mad. I'm too creative for that stuff. I just need to <laughs> I just need to be free and make a mess yeah. and just yeah, just honor the ebb and flow of what I need and how I feel and yeah. stuff like that. And the output is way better when I know, hey, I've got like, you know, ten days of the month, say for example, that I can do some really good stuff and yeah. that's when I'm really in tune with my intuition and I'm feeling really creative and stuff just comes so easily at that time. And then in the downtime, the rest time, I can just allow that little idea to brew and percolate and mm-hmm. then when I'm back to my creative self, I can look at it again and go, hey, so let's see what I can do with this now. So just it's like yeah, you not everything has to be like on the go all the time and you don't have to be on the go on the, all the time either. And you can't, you can't because you burn out. That's why people burn out because yeah. you try and do the go, go, go and that doesn't work. So yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. another, it's another thing to dismantle and you yeah. dismantle trying to be productive. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, you know, it works with people who don't have a menstrual cycle too, mm, kind of getting absolutely. in tune with those rhythms. Yeah, and, your moods, mm, your emotions, mm, you know, like what you crave, what you don't crave right now, who mm, you want to see. Like it's it's about it's about so many other things. It's just about, to me, natural rhythms is just how do I feel right now? What's my energy? Mm, what, you know, it's that. It's for me, But for me, I can distinctly see how it aligns with my menstrual cycle but Mm. really it's just how do you feel right now yeah and obviously I'm a feeling person so that works that works for me and that's how I explain it and that's how I relate to it but really it's just kind of going do I want to do this now because what people often find is when they go I don't really want to do this and they try and do it it doesn't work out or they get frustrated and um, we could all do with a lot less frustration. Like that, we, we, if we can avoid frustration, we should. Mm, I love that, and I love how it's a point of difference with us because yeah, <laughs> because yeah, with me, oh, yeah. I like systems and structure. They give me the space and the freedom to mm. be creative and productive, but also 
able to tune into my body. Like I, I have systems and structures, but then at the same time, I very easily throw them out the window too when I do tune in and go, uh, no, mm. I don't want to and do that. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. and that's important to mm. sort of go, I don't always need to do it in a systematic way. I can mm. just do it by feel. Yeah. So I love that. Like it's, we're all so different in how we work and tuning into what that is and into the rhythms of it because the ebb and flow and, and the waves, they come and go for all of us um, mm. in different ways. So if we can find out how to work with that, it can really support our, our work, but our activism and how we want to show up and make a difference and exactly. ourselves. Yeah, because mm. yeah. some weeks I'm really, really active with doing my activist work and sometimes I'm not, but try, usually during the time when I'm most active, I try and create so that I have stuff batched for put out out into the world a bit later when I'm not feeling awesome yeah I'm still doing the work every day Mm. in some way shape or form even if I don't show up online with some message or some share or some teaching the work is continuous well arguably you're still doing it even when you're in bed watching Netflix (laughs) it all comes together doesn't it yeah (laughs) yeah because because I think about justice a lot when I watch Supernatural. Yes, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I, I I'll include some links in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Supernatural. <laughs> I, I knew I was going to try and sneak that in somehow. <laughs> Good work. High five. <laughs> Well, I could, it's night here and I could easily talk to you into the wee hours. So I think I'm going to ask one last question. Okay. To tie it off. <laughs> <laughs> What's next for you? What's coming up and how can people connect with you and how can we support uh, what you do? At the moment, I'm very much focused on building my exclusive community on Patreon. So I share all my writing and excerpts from the book that I'm writing on there plus my musings on art and, and activism. People who join me get early access to everything that I write, including ebooks. They're eligible for entering into my giveaways. And I have different reward levels where people can work with me one-on-one and have a chat or have get access to my gutsy leadership curriculum. I'm also studying holistic counselling at the moment, so I'm going to be sharing that journey as well. That's just another way of deepening myself and developing myself more on a personal level. And I know it will go a long way into supporting others in the future because I have obviously a very keen interest in supporting people who have trauma and helping them move forward with, I guess, what I've learned through my process. I'm doing working on quite a few things in the, at the moment because I've got a bit of a, a clear opening. I'm going to be very much focused on, on this work for the foreseeable future and I'm really excited about that. So I'm also creating my first podcast which will feature diverse stories I'm always interested to hear from people who have an interesting story to tell. I'm also in the process of creating some new in-person healing experiences because that's one part of me that I really developed over this time and now I'm really, really prepared to bring that forward and support people in that way. And the reading and resource resources for activists. So there's an update for that list out now and The update has um, an Australia focus plus articles relevant to Asian Americans and the the main document, the the initial document, has everything you need to know when it comes to social justice, gender, 
activism, there's links to articles, there's links to books and programs that you can sign up for and deepen into this work and do the activist work. Yeah, I'm really excited about, about that and particularly the update because it will end up being about 20 pages worth of resources, resources that people can use and tap into. And just out of interest, I thought I might share how some people are using that list mm. with what they're doing. So I've heard from women of colour that they are referring people to it so they don't have to labour in answering questions. They just refer people to sign up to the list and tell them to do the work themselves, which I think is really fabulous. Mm-hmm. One local high school teacher that I know, she's using it with her students to teach them about racism and white supremacy and more. So they're having important conversations, which I think are really important for young people to, to learn about. So I'm excited to hear more from her about um, what her students have to say and particularly when they start looking at things closer to home, what their thoughts are from that as well. Mm, Fantastic. I'll include the links to those and to your Patreon community in the show notes. And I think that's it. I feel so many more questions coming, but I'm going to hold them back. (laughs) I said I was going to try and limit this to 45 minutes and where I've gone well and truly over the hour I failed but it's been juicy (laughs) (laughs) it's been so good and your passion is contagious and I'm going to let you go now so we can both go watch Supernatural (laughs) and wind down thank you for listening to the dream for others podcast for episode notes further inspiration and access to my award-nominated free resources please visit naomiarnold.com And if you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you would please subscribe, leave a review in iTunes or share it wide and far. If you want to more deeply connect with other folk who are dreaming for others, please head on over to my website, visit the podcast page and click on the link to our Dream for Others Ambassadors community. For as little as $1 per month, this community is helping me fund this podcast so I can continue to bring the free episodes to the public, featuring inspiring folk who are making a difference. In return, we have a private Facebook group, quarterly calls, free gifts, bonuses and resources, and are uniting as a small community to support each other in our dream for others. We would love if you would join us. In the meantime, Let's continue to dream for others and I'll talk to you soon.